0: Please turn with me firstly to Exodus chapter 23, and we'll we'll read the verses 1 to 9. Exodus 23, you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit, siding with the many so as to pervert justice. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man in a lawsuit. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. You shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit. Keep far from a false charge, and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked. And you shall take no bribe. For a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. You shall not oppress a sojourner, you know the heart of a sojourner. For you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Now also please turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll read the verses 25 to 32, and the focus this afternoon is on verse 29. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labour, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, bitterness and wrath and clamor, anger and clamour and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you.
1: <clears throat> we'll be considering uh, Lord's Day 43 from the Heidelberg Catechism this afternoon. As I said earlier, Lord's Day 43 deals with the uh, ninth commandment you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And it asks, What is God's will for us in the ninth commandment? And it says this God's will is that I never give false testimony against anyone twist no one's words nor not gossip or slander nor join in condemning anyone without a hearing or without a just cause rather in court and everywhere else I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind these are devices the devil himself uses and they would call down on me God's intense anger I should love the truth speak it candidly and openly acknowledge it, and I should do what I can to guard in advance my neighbor's good name. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word as we consider it this afternoon. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, you call us to consider our words, and as we do so, Lord, we pray that you would guard our tongues. We know that That ships are controlled by a small rudder and a horse is controlled by a bridle. And yet more dangerous is the tongue that exists within our mouths. And we need restraint on that. We need you to guide our speaking and our talking. And we pray that you would strengthen us with the presence of your Spirit and we're thankful for your Word which redirects us how we can speak in a godly way, in a godlike way, and in a grace-filled way. So help us, we pray, to do so through this year, and through the rest of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we consider the ninth commandment this afternoon, we we live today with a notion that talk is cheap. It doesn't cost us anything we have the saying sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me suggesting that it's better uh, to be assaulted with the mouth rather than beaten with sticks but we know that isn't true and god's word teaches us that our words really do matter some of us are bearing the the weight and the the burden the pain and the sorrow of words that have been spoken to us hurtfully rather than helpfully, for years, for decades. And we have to recognize that words do matter. There is a weight to our words that we use. And that's how God has created us. That's why God has redeemed us. And God beautifully uses his word to speak to us and to make known to us his grace. And so we recognize as as those who've been created in God's image that, that words are the vehicle that God has given to us, and they're a vehicle of truth. They carry truth with them. They are the means by which truth is taught, And also truth is lost one who is careless about his words will quickly compromise truth and so we need to consider this afternoon as a as the positive instruction that God's Word is giving us in the ninth commandment not bearing false witness the alternative to bearing false witness is bearing a true witness and that's what we are called to by God, to bear a true witness, to bring truth to bear in our circumstances and life. And that is the witness of our words, to be words of truth, to be words of love, words of grace. As Ephesians 4, verse 29 reminds us, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who... Who hear that beautifully captures the teaching of the ninth commandment but but to to unpack what God's Word is teaching about the violation of this commandment we need to consider the danger secondly the devices and thirdly the deliverance that God wants us to recognize first of all the danger the ninth commandment deals with the witness we bear And the ability to communicate via words is God's gift to man. It's how he started with Adam and Eve in paradise, that that they had a relationship with him in perfection in in the Garden of Eden. and, And in that perfect estate, God communicated. He talked with them. He gave them a command. And it was actually the misinterpretation of words that was the devil's temptation for Adam and Eve in paradise. And notice he, he wants to twist. He wants to turn that word that God gave to Adam and Eve. God said very clearly, very directly, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of it, you will surely die. And the devil comes with all his devices. And he comes and he says, did God really say implying that that god's word isn't trustworthy do you rightly interpret the word of god and here's the struggle that we face in a society that 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 we need to recognize and we need to be people who show the integrity of truth in the words that we communicate in the witness we bear Because if words are the vehicle of truth, then we must realize there's been a significant wreckage because of the loss of truth. Now people say there is no enduring truth. Truth is just a a construct of what you're thinking, of what you're feeling, and of what you're wanting. And we use our words to manipulate people and to get them to see things from our perspective. And there's been a wreckage, a train wreck. Because of the loss of truth. And God's word clearly teaches that when truth is lost, then words are going to be used to hurt others and to destroy lives. People spreading rumors there was just a report i don't remember where i saw it that that it's it's very easy to to suggest things and and for the rumor mill to 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 reproduce everything that has happened and the, the fake news that is out there going on and on and on and on but but when people are called to a, an account so so uh, bad news travels fast but but the retractions are very small and subtly hidden because no one wants to admit No one wants to accept that sometimes they get it wrong. Are we as diligent to own up to our miscommunication as we are to our proper communication? That's why we need this commandment. God's design is not to... to handcuff us and hold us back it's to help us and to strengthen us to stand firmly under his protection but also to be faithful witness and this command comes where where the wreckage of words has has been because of the loss of truth this commandment comes like the fire brigade to to extract from the wreckage with the jaws of life words words to recover and restore the vehicle of truth And think about our witness then. Our witness about our neighbor. What this commandment is calling us to is is more than don't lie. Sometimes we summarize that, oh, it just means don't lie. But being a true and a faithful witness is more than just simply not telling lies. The Heidelberg Catechism shows what it means not to bear false witness. It says, don't twist their words. Don't gossip or slander. Gossip is is telling the truth in a hurtful way. How careful we need to be with the truth that we communicate about others. We can communicate the truth in a way that hurts people, doesn't help people. That's why uh, Ephesians 4 verse 29 is teaching us to speak about others in a way that builds them up to give grace to those who hear don't use the truth to hurt others talking about someone rather than talking to them gossip slander slander is spreading falsehoods or misinterpretations about what has happened in order to to hurt others to demean them to lower them make them smaller in the eyes of others and you know when we want to make other people smaller we want to lift up ourselves and say we're above that but then the catechism goes on and it reminds us nor are we to join in condemning anyone without a hearing or without a just cause join in condemning anyone without a hearing without giving them the benefit of the doubt without considering what they are saying or what they have done or without a just cause these are ways in which our words wreck people and diminish the truth and the danger that we're facing as we we listen to this commandment and as we consider that this afternoon the danger is the damage we do to one another with our words with our words and how do we do this secondly the devices The commandment, of course, when it talks about a witness, is is dealing with a judicial process. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Uh, Exodus uh, 23 reminds us of of the danger of, of being a witness, especially against those who are poor, those who are in the minority, those who don't have the resources to defend themselves you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor a false witness perverts justice a false report undoes our neighbor's reputation a malicious witness turns the interpretation to the negative to fit our ends and God says those devices don't belong in our arsenal they're not what we are to be using. Interestingly, what what Exodus 23 reminds us of is is even when there's a majority, you shall shall not side with the majority against the minority. And you need to be careful because that subverts the cause of those who are in the right. How careful we need to be with that. How easy it is to follow the crowd and to think that, that the loudest spokesman in the crowd is the one who has it right. When I was in, in seminary, we, we had a snowstorm, an unusual snowstorm, un, unseasonal. I think it happened in April, which is springtime in the States. And it, it shut down the area for five days. And, and we were in a mobile home park where the houses are all stacked on top of each other. And, and they were without electricity for, for five days. And after five days, people get a little antsy without electricity. And we were the managers of the mobile home park and we were walking through the park and, and the power company had came on site to examine what was wrong with the power and then they left again. What was interesting in that time was talking with some of the neighbors who had gotten together and they were a little upset that they didn't have electricity and they wanted to know what we as a manager and the owners were going to do about it. And they said, well, we saw the power company come on site and they left again because the owner hasn't been paying the bills. Which was an absolute lie but just like that the whole group thought ah they've got a reason why they're without power it's the owners fault and they all got rather testy and I had to assure them no that wasn't the case they had gone because they were simply investigating and they needed to get the resources that they needed but following the crowd is so easy to bear, to present a false witness. We know, here's our idea, and it goes along. And soon it comes out of control. No partiality toward or against the needy. How careful we need to be with the witness that we bear in court and everywhere else. Everywhere else, at home, on the job. In church, I need to consider the witness that I bear. I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind because these are devices the devil uses. They don't fit with the child of God. They don't fit with the work of God. These are something that come from the devil. A false witness actually compromises the justice that belongs in society. We love to do significant things for those who are oppressed, those who are suffering unjustly, those who are persecuted, subjected to poverty because of political corruption, those who suffer abuse from spouse or from parents. We want to intervene. We want to help. And here is the grassroots movement for the recovery of justice in society. Start. Start by being a witness to the truth of God. To the truth of God. Of His grace. And Jesus promised that if you follow Him, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that is one of the most liberating, realistic ways to help those who are oppressed and living under the threat of injustice. To speak grace. To speak truth. To express love and kindness as we have received from the Lord. Jesus died because of false witnesses. He knows the suffering and the sorrow of those who are subjected to injustice. And He has come to redeem us from that. And He gives this law. You shall not bear false witness to direct us, in his way that's what the heidelberg catechism has been about up to this point it's unfolding for us how how we've been set free from our sin and misery through Christ the sin and misery of the effects of false witnessing and we avoid those not only because they're the the devices the devil himself uses but they would call down on us God's intense anger So what do we do as an alternative? Love the truth. Speak it candidly and openly acknowledge it. And what is the promise you have behind that? God will bless that. God will use that. God will use that to help those who are suffering unjustly. We have completely different tools in our toolbox to use to help those who are in need. The devices, the danger, The danger is the damage we do to others with false witnessing. The devices, there's the devil's way and there's God's way. And then the deliverance. The deliverance of our witness. Resisting the false witnessing. Resisting the work of the devil. We are called to live for God. Speak the truth. Each of you. Verse 25 of Ephesians 4, put away falsehood. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbors, for we're members of one another. Your, your neighbor is just like you. He needs to know the truth. That includes our words and our attitudes. Colossians 3 reminds us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So that you know in the proper time and in the proper place to bring that truth like a like a, a redeeming treasure. To those who are suppressed, to those who are overwhelmed by all the lies and falsehood. This is entirely countercultural. To show the deliverance that we have been shown through God's Word. Paul wants us to recognize the calling we have in a variety of different ways in which we can bear witness to the value of truth. Let no unwholesome words, no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Let your mouth be a spring, a fountain, a refreshing stream of the Spirit's Word of truth. No corrupting words. Critical words, which tear down rather than build up. Instead, speak the truth to build up one another. How refreshing that can be. Notice what he says as well. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for the building up as fits the occasion. And the need of the moment. Not every moment needs us to be talking. Sometimes it is the godly approach to keep quiet. And to be silent, because of a confidence that God will work through you, one of the most challenging I think is is for for women with unbelieving husbands, as Paul reminds us in verse first uh, peter I said paul, it's Peter, Peter reminds us, in first Peter three wives with with ungodly husbands to to work diligently and to be gracious so that their their unbelieving husbands may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. To have such integrity, such grace, such carefulness, whether with words or without words, to show the work of Christ. And lastly, in in this deliverance of, of our witness, for the truth Paul reminds us right at the close what is the goal give grace give grace to those who hear if people were listening to your conversations would they recognize oh there's something different about that person there's grace in the way they talk in the way they talk about other people and the way they talk to other people The goal is to give grace to those who hear. Because why? Why? Why is that the goal? Because that's what God does with you. That's what God does with me. As He gives us His Word, He wants us to know the truth and He wants us to understand the the grace that is unfolded for us in the midst of our difficult circumstances. As we've sung from Psalm Psalm 15, who can do that? Who can can come into the presence of the Lord? He that doesn't slander his brother, who does no evil to a friend. We're convicted by that. That's not me. And yet God's design is to make known this truth that, that this is what God deserves. And you don't have it. But I give it to you completely in the gift of My Son, Jesus Christ. Grace to hearers. We heard about that this morning. We hear about it again this afternoon. Grace to hearers is God's way of witnessing to the glory of Jesus Christ. That needs to change the way we talk the way we talk to one another the way we talk about one another the witness of our words that's God's design that's God's gift in the ninth commandment words hurt but they also help words are God's way for us to display truth and grace toward His people. Always keep that in mind. Through the new year, maybe you make resolutions. Maybe it's to think think about our appetites as we heard this morning, but also to think about our expressions, our conversations, our discussions our words, and our witness through the year. Amen.